Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. help but smile when the opportunity to connect with epic people presents itself and then I just go for it. (laughs) There are so many amazing people out there and today's guest is nothing short of my new favorite human being in this world. His name is Julian DeShutter and we connected through social media somewhere at the end of 2017 so not that long ago. We knew nothing about each other except for the fact that we both had a similar vibe on how we want to live our lives. And the next thing I knew, I was on a plane flying to Vancouver to meet him, which is so cool. Okay, so this episode is all about recognizing when you need change in your life and when your life is talking to you, but you're not sure how to listen and how to change up your routines to live your best life. Julian is such an inspiring example of this, and today he's going to share his secrets on living in alignment with his true self, his beliefs and philosophies around his growing, incredible company, Chasing Sunrise, and how he does all of this leading by example. He's so cool and refreshing, and I'm going to stop talking right now, just so we can get this party started. All right, we're on. We're good. (laughs) Julian. It happened. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm really excited to talk to you today because we connected on Instagram like a few months ago. Would you say? Yeah, four or five months. Four or five months ago. And I, I honestly like found that your content and what you believe in and what you do is so in line with what I do that I kind of, I don't know, we started chatting on Instagram and all the power of it, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Um, and now I'm here in Vancouver in your house and we just, uh, prior to pressing record here, have been chatting for like two or three hours about all these amazing things. And I kind of wish that the record button was actually on, but, uh, yeah, you're a really fascinating guy and you stand for some really cool things and I want you to talk about them. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's been cool just getting to know you and what you're doing and, I think there's a lot of alignment. I think that's the really cool thing that happens nowadays is I always go back to this hilarious quote that it's like, if you're a left-footed belly dancer, which is the weirdest thing. (laughs) Okay. I don't know where it came from. Uh Uh-huh. You can find someone like you Uh nowadays. You couldn't do that 20 years ago. It's true. Actually, you raise a very good point. And yeah, through social media, we we definitely are connecting with like-minded people in a very cool way. But like meeting you in person, it's really refreshing to see that, you know, you are the person that's behind the social part of it. Because sometimes people are, um, I don't want to say like fake, but they don't tell the whole truth, yeah. you know? Selective, so, right? And Yes. I think, that's, I think that's a cool journey. Like I think we all go through that and that's something that I struggle with. Like there's parts where I put it out there and it's the better parts of me. And there's other stuff that I have in my life that I'm just like, I just haven't figured out how to share that yet. 
Um, and it's been like a really cool journey in the last two years of just trying to figure out what my voice is externally. Yeah. I know very well what it is internally, but figuring out how to put that out there, realizing that once you put that out to the world, it's no longer about you, but it's about the people hearing it. Yeah. Right. And so to be able to figure that out and just kind of sit there and be like, am I full of shit over here? Some cases, absolutely. Uh-huh. Right. Is that my intention? No. Um, but having different people around you that care to understand who you are and what you want to bring to the world and help you nudge that to the person you want to be. Um, and I think that's just one of the most powerful things, trying to figure that out on these platforms that have the ability to reach so many people so quickly, but are also changing and adapting so quickly. Yes. Right? We're kind of constantly yes. trying to figure out, like, how do I share my voice in 140 characters? Or how do I share my voice through a photo? Yeah. Right. And realizing that sometimes like the medium doesn't fit the message, but we're forced to make the message work with that medium. Um, so for me, it's yeah, just been a really kind of interesting and cool two years learning how that is. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely stumbled a lot more than it probably looks, as I think we all have. Um, but really learning just to play with it, have some fun with it, laugh at it, because at the end of the day, none of it really matters mm-hmm. um, and use it as a way to grow and enrich my lives and the people around me um, to ultimately connect with more people and like actually connect with more people face to face like we're doing now. Yeah. That's, I, I really like that you said that because that kind of segues into what you do for work with Chasing Sunrise. Um, it's your company. Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's cool. Like Chasing Sunrise was born by accident okay. um, out of just this space of wanting to live an engaged life. Not a perfect life, not the like picturesque life, but like what does it actually mean to show up in the good times, the bad times, the weird times, the times you're trying to wrap your head around it all. Yeah. Um, and to do so surrounded by other people who are generally in line with you on that same mission. Yeah, so why I kind of like questioned when I said like company, it was kind of like, I guess it is a company, but at the same time, it's more of like a movement to me. Like when I see it from the outside looking in, it just seems like this movement of uh, um, experiences and of a bunch of different things that I want you to explain. But um, it's an interesting, just to start from somewhere, it's an interesting name. Where does that come from? Yeah, so the name came literally out of physical action okay um where my roommate gordon and i got up every day at 4 30 for 21 days in a row um simply out of this desire to create space every day for ourselves and it wasn't space to work harder it wasn't space to hustle it was like just space for whatever felt right in that moment um and that came out of this like constant repetitive cycle where we'd show up at the end of the day and you're kind of too tired too exhausted Mm -hmm. But you still have all that stuff that you told yourself like, oh, when I get home, I'm going to actually write. Um, And after months and months, if not years of putting the stuff that mattered to us at the end of the day, we just kind of sat there and we're like, let's put that at the front of the day. (laughs) (laughs) And we do it. We do it with money. Right. It's like save first and then spend. Everybody knows that that's the way to successful financial finances. Um, But we don't really ever think about that with our time. And so for 21 days, we're like, let's just put that stuff first and see what happens. 
Um, and it was just a really powerful experience. And out of it, a ton of energy came, right? Like there was an, an amazing amount of energy inside of us yeah. that came when we felt like we had taken care of ourselves first and then could then give to our jobs, our friends, our peop- the people around us, putting out fires and whatever life kind of has to throw at us. Um, so the 22nd day, when it was all said and done, we're like, we're pretty stoked on life at that point. We're like, let's keep this going. Let's go climb a mountain. Let's go at that time, just catch sunrise up top. And when was this? How long that would have been November 2014. Okay, cool. Um, and so it was me, Gordon, and this girl, Britt. And we climbed up Mount Seymour, which is a local mountain in Vancouver. Um, it was like minus 20. It was like 40, 50 kilometer hour winds. It was cold. <laughs> it was miserable. <laughs> Sounds We great. had no idea what we were doing. Um, and then the sun comes up. And we're just kind of sitting there overlooking Vancouver and it goes from being like dark, cold and windy to everything covered in this like orange glow. Um, And it just kind of hit Gordon and I where it's like that's that feeling you're chasing Mm -hmm. when you're trying to build a company or that's the feeling you're chasing when you're like I need to run away and go travel. And there it was in our backyard, cost us absolutely nothing, had been there my whole life, had looked at that mountain every morning for the past two or three years at that point. Yeah. Um, and it just never really connected the dots that maybe it's that simple. Right. Um, and so it was just a really just powerful and moving experience and in a lot of ways and in a lot of simple ways, like what I wanted to get from life. And so we were just like, this is super cool. We need to show some other people. And we came back with four people. Which we thought was super cool. Like, it's, <laughs> we're, like we're talking like 3 o'clock in the morning. You're like, hey, man, do you want to basically yeah. get up when most people are going to bed? Yeah. And go climb this mountain in the dark and go watch sunrise. And it went from four of us to 20 of us to 75 of us to 200 of us. Wow. Um, and it was really around there that you're like, cool. Like there's an energy inside people where they want to engage and it doesn't have to be easy, right? Like when you think about what we're asking them at that time, it was like, you're going to throw out your whole social schedule. You're going to get up at two o'clock in the morning. You're going to go hike up a mountain in the dark. It's going to feel weird. You're going to be around a bunch of strangers and we believe you're going to love it. (laughs) And so when a whole bunch of people started showing up, that's when we're like, cool, like there's something here. Yeah. But we knew it had nothing to do with the mountain and watching sunrise. Right? Like you did that enough times and you'd kind of sit there and be like, I'm done with it. Yep. Um, and so the last kind of two and a half years has just been this dive into trying to understand what that is. And then, so the birth of Chasing Sunrise. Yeah. The movement. Yeah. Amazing. So now what does like, what does, what does this community look like? Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, we're still trying to figure that out. Like okay, we've. Cool. Right, like the one thing that we've seen again and again is that there's a ton of dormant potential and energy inside people, um, and most I like, of the I like that a lot actually. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of sitting there, and like you can see it when somebody gets on like a tangent that they're passionate about. All of a sudden, they go from being someone that's just kind of going with the flow to somebody that has ideas and convictions and energy. Yeah. And so the question we're always asking is like, what is that for people, and how do you get it out? And then how do you make sure that it plays well with the rest of the world around it? Yeah. Um, And that's been just a really cool learning experience where very few people don't have that. But why it's not brought out right away 
there's a whole bunch of different reasons. So, so how do you bring that out in people? Like we, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, cause for me, what attracted me to chasing sunrise was just like, just the freedom to have new experiences. And I like that resonates with me. It's something that I've started to practice in my life, but I also understand that it's challenging for people and, but you're developing like this amazing community and it looks so much, it looks like so much fun. Like all, you're leaving tomorrow to go to white horse. Yes. Amazing. Um, to do what? Uh, so the whole trip is centered around chasing auroras. So going out there, um, trying to catch the auroras, which if you haven't seen them are just probably one of the most mind blowing things that happens on earth all the time. Yeah. Right. Like by, if we didn't scientifically understand them, they'd be magic. (laughs) They are uh, magic. They still. are magic, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's in a lot of ways on the front end, like how do we go have these experiences that we deeply want? Yeah. Surrounded by people we want to have those experiences with. Yes. Um, so you went from like climbing mountains to watch the sunrise to going up to the Yukon with a group of people to watch these um, northern lights. And like, that's amazing. So like, how often do you do this? Like what? Tell me more. Yeah, so it so it was interesting, like, because we would do this stuff on the mountain a few years ago, mm-hmm. and we knew there was a ton of energy there, and then it turned around to, like, how do we actually build this into something that's sustainable, Yeah. right? Okay. Like, there's a ton of stuff that has to go into building, like, a system that'll actually allow us to do this, mm-hmm. and not just keep it about 100 people in a city, but start to actually be able to create a system that people in Calgary can do it, people in Toronto, people in Ottawa, mm-hmm. other places can build their own hub of people mm-hmm. um and so that's the journey that we're kind of in right now sorting out like how many times do you go on these big trips how many open community events do you have where people just want to come together right yeah, and yeah. it's cool because you start to see a lot of like flows between people and it's like most people want to show up and show who they are on the condition that they're going to be accepted and a lot of cases loved even if they don't fit in Right. And a lot of the times in kind of the society we've created, we look at fitting in a lot more than we look at belonging. Right. And so when someone fits in, they look the same. Yeah. When somebody belongs, it means they're meant to be there, even if they don't look the same. I like that a lot. Um, And so trying to figure out. So going back to like your original question of like, how do you pull this out? Yeah. You don't actually pull it out. People pull it out of themselves in a space where they feel comfortable. And in there is where they can start to play around and look. And some people are born with this ability to do that from a very young age. And those are people that generally build really cool companies and kind of defy the status quo and don't care if most of them look at them and people don't care if most people look at them and are like, they're weird right now. Right. And there's, there's a quote that it's like, everyone is considered crazy until they're right. In which case they're considered a genius. Um, and it's just so true, right? Like you'll look at someone like Elon Musk and you go back and you look at what was said to, about him from like 2000 to 2008. Mm-hmm. And even the greatest um, space scientists were like, no, a private company could never do this. He's going to fail. And then he didn't. And we're like, he's the greatest person on, on the planet. Yeah. But yeah. he was the person that had to live with himself for those eight years mm-hmm. when very few people believed in him. Mm -hmm. right and so Mm -hmm. there are those people but for the majority of us 
we're looking for ways and validation to make sure we're doing things right, right? We want to be accepted by the people around us. We want to be loved. And so a lot of the times we're not willing to risk ourselves to step out and do something a little bit different that is a lot more aligned and true to who we are. So is one of the foundations, like I know you have like some, you, we talked about the pillars of Chasing Sunrise, but is one of the foundations early damn days or damn early days? Yeah, totally. Um, and so damn early days kind of touches back to the original 21 days that we got up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it's a program that allows people to come through and commit to getting up at 4.30 in the morning for a month straight yes. to create that space for themselves. Yes. So I did it in yeah. January this year. I, I think I missed one day. Yeah. Um, however, uh, so people that are listening here that follow me on Instagram, like you guys probably remember all of my little posts in the morning at 4.30, but it's a very interesting, it's a very cool experience to do. Um, and how often do you do it? Because you just did a second one, like in February. Yeah, so the, the program runs every month. Every month. Um, and we'll continue to run every month. And for some people, like the early mornings just work. And they're okay. like, this is the structure of my life that I want. Do you do it every month? Um, no, I fluctuate. Like okay. I'm by nature and probably by mentally telling myself a night owl. I yeah. generally turn on more in the evening. Yeah. But I know that I'm a happier, more effective and more engaged human when I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. When I've woken up and had that space for me. I just show up to the world a lot better. That was one thing you told me, um, I think through an email that you were like, I need this. I need, I like, I need to do this. And I was like, that's super cool that you're aware and it's really helps you to be productive and happier. And like you just said, that's very cool. For sure. Like when you think about the way we've designed all the stuff around us, not a lot of it is sitting there and asking what's in the best interest of me. So for example, like Netflix, Netflix isn't sitting there and being like, should you watch another episode? They're like, hey, let's skip to the next episode, right? <laughs> um, and so all the stuff around us is sitting there trying to pull us in all these different directions. Yeah. So it takes a lot of self-reflection for us to kind of sit back and be like, what do I need right now? Um, yeah. And so like one of the most interesting things is like a lot of the time for me, I'm like, I need just space to just chill out yeah. and let everything in my life calm down in the morning. Yeah. And that's it. And it feels super unproductive in the moment. But it allows me to show up and be a lot more productive in the rest of my life. Yeah. So ultimately, I end up being more productive by slowing down. Yeah, it's very cool. I, what, I, what I personally enjoyed about it, and uh, you guys talk about this throughout the program, is like just getting out of your routines. Like changing your routine for a, uh, enough time to really um, feel the effects of it. Because you don't realize how much the day-to-day grind, if you will affects you. I really like your guys' motto. It's you weren't born to pay bills and die. Oh, am I screwing that up? No, you almost nailed it. Ah, oh, shit. What is it? Uh, you were born to do more than just pay bills and die. Okay. Right. And so that, and speak to me about that. Like, where'd that come from? Yeah, it's just kind of something, just something that popped up in conversation one day. Um, yeah. And it was just this whole thing where we actually went back and forth about the just, right? Like you were born to do more than just. Okay. Um, because one of the things that we really want to do is like, it's not about like not paying bills and it's not about running away. Yeah. It's about like, that's the stuff that if you want to opt into the world we've created, you have to do. Yeah. Right. But it's, it's about doing, 
it's about still honoring yourself on top of that. Yes. Okay. Speak to me about that. Like it's about like you have to do these things. Like a lot of the times if you're a parent, you're obligated to your children. There's a responsibility. There's a responsibility. And in that is both a ton of work and a ton of fulfillment. But how do you not forget about yourself as well? Right. right? How do you still carve out those little bits of time, those moments where you're still honoring the mother that has those dreams inside, the stuff that she wants to do, the father that still wants to go out every once in a while and go on adventures like he did when he was 20. Yeah. Right. And I deeply believe that if you start to create that space, you'll end up being able to show up to the rest of your life a hell of a lot stronger because you're internally satisfied with the other parts of your life that matter to you. And so do you think that like Chasing Sunrise, just to be clear for the people listening, is kind of is like a movement to help people get to that space? Totally, yeah. Like we, we exist to try and unlock a lot of the human potential that's sitting inside people. Those feelings where you're like, if I just had a little bit more time, I'd go do this. And like, or if I just had a little bit more belief in myself or I don't know where to start or I don't have the people around me. Yeah. Right? I think we all have those narratives that sit there where we're like, I want to, but... Yes. Right? And Uh, so we exist to sit there and be like, cool, like, let's figure it out. And so that's where Dammerly Days slides into a lot of this. Yeah. Is it's not just about those moments where you're like, I did something cool. I'm on top of the mountain. This is great. It's also about the real work that has to go in to building a life that enables you to do that. Okay. Right? And And it's about saying that you can't have one without the other, but there's ways to make the work more enjoyable, more aligned, more fun in some ways Mm -hmm. um and just about creating a practice where you're okay doing the work because of what it enables you to do okay so speak to me a little bit about the foundations of chasing sunrise yeah so it's it's been really interesting to just have so many conversations with so many people about what they want from life Um, and in a lot of ways, just reflect back on myself and, uh, the people involved in CS and just be like, what actually matters? Yeah. Um, and we've kept coming back to these four things again and again. And the first one is like the pursuit of who you are, right? Like, who are you? How do you show up? How far down the road of what you believe you're capable of? Are you, um, what skills do you have? How can you contribute, um, those skills, Uh, The second one is experiences. So like, who are you and how do you interact with the world around you, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about that as like traveling. Every time you go travel, it just opens up your mind to worlds that you didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. Um, The third one is connection, right? Like we all want to feel like we belong. We all want to be surrounded by people that align with us, um, that help us grow, that show us different types of connection and different ways of being, Um, And then the fourth one is contribution, right? So like once you've kind of solved a lot of yourself, like how do you give back to something that you care about and something that's bigger than you, right? And so how we kind of go through all this stuff, like you ebb and flow between different ones where it's like when you're a student, you're generally focused a lot on getting good grades Mm -hmm. and hanging out with the social crowd. Right. And it's like sometimes you graduate from university and you start to go experience stuff. But we ebb and flow through these different kind of pillars of life at different stages and they develop us ultimately to be the person who we want to be. Right. If we're being true to ourselves and asking the right questions along the way. Okay, so 
I find all of this so fascinating and there's a lot of like spirituality behind this. There's a lot of like scientific fact sort of behind this and, um, and thought, but you guys created all of these things. Where does that drive in you come from? Like how, what's your personal philosophy? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's funny when we think about it, like there's seven and a half billion people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been a total of like 110 billion people that have lived, right? So we're like the last end of over a hundred billion people that have gone through life. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're sitting there on the front edge being like, how do I figure out how to li- like live? Yeah. Um, in Isn't a lot of ways, dis- oh discounting so many people that have lived through life before yeah. that can give us ideas of what it means to live a good life. Um, and of course, there is no one size fits all and there's nothing that you're going to read and there's no handbook that's like, yo, here's how you do it. Yeah. But as you start to like learn about other people's stories and histories, you start to realize that other people have figured this stuff out for themselves and yeah. put it out there. Um, and so it's cool. Like, there's not a lot of stuff that's new nowadays. Yeah. As much as there's new ways to apply old knowledge mm-hmm. to the current world that we live in. Um, and so for myself, like, a lot of the drive has come from, A, sorting myself out, right? And being like, how do I live a life that when I'm 90 years old, I can look back on and be like, cool, I left it on the table and I wouldn't go back and change much. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the times, like, I think we're chasing happiness, when what we really should be chasing is fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? How do we feel full from the life and the experiences and the people that we're surrounded by? Um, and the other half is just the equation of human potential. Like what would life look like and what would the world around us look like if everybody was aligned and firing in all cylinders for themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the times like that question seems so big and so grandiose that it's scary as hell. Mm-hmm. But even thinking about myself as I'm like, what would my life look like? if I was 10% more aligned and unleashed and unlocked 10% more of what I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you start to play with that type of things, like you realize that a lot of the problems that we have and a lot of the angst that we feel are actually just human problems. And so like if we could create or increase self-awareness by 10%, Mm -hmm. how would that shift the way all of us live? What would that do for happiness? Right. I love that. Cause you're, you, in our conversations, like, um, a thing something that I resonate with you is is your self-awareness and we talked about this earlier too is just like questioning and asking questions um which I think is so powerful in you know moving forward with your own passions because you're you're you have I like I I oftentimes get faced with the question of is being self-aware and doing things for yourself selfish or is it, I call it self-full? Okay, cool. so there's like a difference in um, doing things for yourself. People feel as though that's a selfish statement. I don't and I don't believe you do. Um, and this sort of movement is making people make decisions for themselves. I think that that's, it's super powerful, but like, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think... I think a lot of that comes down to like, do you believe humans are inherently good, right? And there's so many people that I've met that at the core of them just want to love and be loved and give back and go on cool experiences and like live a yeah. good life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and when you peel away kind of any kind of emotional pain or life pain or frustrations or bills and that, like, there's just this little kid that wants to be stoked on life and give back. And play. Uh, and play, absolutely. And so I think it's, it's interesting in that of, like, we've coined this word selfish as a bad thing. Yeah. And in a small context, it is. Um, when somebody's only acting in their own best interest, it, it becomes consuming for them. But when you start to look at the bigger picture where somebody's acting in their own self-interest to become at a state where they can actually contribute back. Yes. All okay. of a sudden it changes the whole picture where it's like, that's not a bad thing. And so if you think about like a mother that has four children, if all she does is give to the kids again and again and again and again and pour her soul out for the kids to the point that she's no longer able to maintain herself yeah. in the long run, she'll actually not be able to give to the kids, which is what she's doing in the first place. Yeah. As opposed to as if she carves out time every time to make sure that she's healthy first, mm-hmm. all of a sudden she can continue to give to the kids longer and longer and longer. And so on the airlines, it's funny because the first thing they tell you when the plane goes down is put your mask on first mm. and then put the children's mask on. Yeah. Right? And it's because if you worry about the children's mask first and something goes wrong, you're not able to help you or the kids. Yep. That's actually a good analogy. I really like that. Um, there's like in the coaching world, it's like coach led athlete centered, but like you're the leader. So you need to be the leader (laughs) and like take responsibility for yourself in order to like give back. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Okay. So kind of have a loaded question for you. Maybe it's not loaded. Um, I want to know what your definition of happiness is. For me personally or? Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's it's getting to the end of my life, or not even the end of life, like doing the best I can with what I have, where I'm at in that moment, right? I'm, I think there was, for a long time, a part of me that strived to always get somewhere. Interesting, okay. And really, I was lucky enough that early on, I realized that it was literally the perfect recipe for misery, Yeah. where I would get somewhere, and I'd be super stoked for a few minutes, and then I turn around and I'm like, I'm no longer satisfied with this. I want the next thing. And so it's been the next 98% of my life mm-hmm. chasing that next thing. And I'd get there and I'd be stoked for kind of 2% of it. And then I'd flip my sights again and I'd be like, oh, damn. Right? And it was this constant space of misery. I see myself in that as well. Like that's that's almost society's um, cycle at this point. Like I see that, yeah. And it's... But- it's beautiful in the sense of it's what's built big buildings and it's what's got us to space and it's what's doing mm-hmm. the huge medical revolution that we're going through. Um, but it's not a very good recipe for fulfillment and happiness, right? And so for me, I always go by, have I done everything I can in this moment? All things considered. Um, and if I've done that and I get to 35 and that's it, then I'm, I've done everything I can. So when are you most happy? When do you feel the most happy? I feel the most joy in my life when I'm connected to myself. When I've spent the time slowing down to dive in and work through questions, work through thoughts, work through negative emotions and blocks mm-hmm. and come back to who I am. Um, and I, deep, I deeply believe that there is a ton of fulfillment and joy from alignment. Mm-hmm. And just by being true to your own self 
you can immediately unlock a whole bunch of joy and drive. But I think, like I say quickly, but it's not easy, right? Like mm-hmm. to actually ask those questions and sit on the other side and be like, this is the honest answer, mm-hmm. I think requires a lot of people to confront a lot of stuff that they may not have looked at yet or have wanted to look at yet. And that was a lot of myself where I'm like, I'm not actually happy building this company over here. And the second I admitted that myself, I was like, oh shit, what do I do? Right? Like it was so much easier to be blissfully ignorant and lie to myself that I didn't need to change things because then I didn't have to do any work. Um, But ultimately it would have led to me being miserable two or three years down the road. Right? And so I think- forever. Forever. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, yeah, when I'm- when I'm most aligned with who I am, um, that's when I'm most full of most fulfillment and joy and happiness. Okay, that is that is so powerful to me. I love that. It's like it's interesting. I've asked this question to many people, and um, it it really I feel the most powerful answers are are ones just like that. It's not a thing. A thing doesn't make you happy. A person, even an experience doesn't make you happy it's like actually just being with yourself and being true to yourself and with yourself yeah that's like i freaking love that okay so through all of this learning that you've done and when you're most aligned or when you're building these companies when you're going on these adventures um inspiring people on instagram all of those things what 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 is one of your most favorite or your or your favorite accomplishments what what do you what are you happiest about in in that world in that space? Yeah, for me, it's been it's been cool because we like we'll run weekend trips, and the power of a weekend trip for us is never in what happens in those two or three days. It's what happens a week, a month, a year down the road. Okay, so which tell me about that. in a lot of ways is really hard to quantify and put into like a metric but you just kind of see certain things where you'll see two people come on a weekend be from completely different backgrounds meet each other and six months down the road they're still hanging out yeah right and you've the space has been created for somebody to show up as who they want to be meet somebody that actually aligns with that and build a relationship that withstands time down the road Um, And I know for us, like one of the biggest metrics we want down the road is the number of like real honest and fulfilling relationships we help people create between each other. Um, And a lot of that goes back to like there's a lot of understanding that one of the largest predictors of human happiness is the quality and depth of our connections, right? So how do you create spaces that allow people to belong to other people and fit in and create those spaces, right? So for me, being able to see that happen um, has definitely been one of the most um, proud moments I've had. I love that. And do you see that contribution side of things? Like, do you feel the people that participate in these in this movement contributing back? Yeah, for sure. Like, that's that's kind of the cool space that we're at right now. Like, yeah. for the first two years, just trying to figure out what all this thing was was just a lot like to wrap your head around Um, and we're still figuring so much of it out um, and have just bought into the belief that we'll forever be figuring it out right like the cool part of humanity is it's just like this endless intricate puzzle of 
people and beliefs and desires and emotions and all that. And it's this thing that you never actually solve, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been really cool to be able to get it to a point now that we have enough of an understanding of certain parts of it that we can build systems that allow people to contribute back, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have people coming in that have had a ton of fun um, on a bunch of our experiences that are now sitting there and being like, I want to create more experiences for other people. Yeah, yeah, Right? Or damn early days where we have a bunch of people that have gone through it and they're now sitting there being like, I want to help other people go through it. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's cool to see. And sometimes it doesn't happen within Chasing Sunrise. Like for us, if somebody becomes like comes in and they figure out a little bit more of who they want to be and they go out and be a better mother or a better father or a better boyfriend, you sit there and you're like, that's contribution, right? Like all of a sudden that's changing other relationships out there. Yeah. And it doesn't have to happen within the world of Chasing Sunrise. It can happen anywhere in the world mm-hmm. because as long as we're more aligned and happier and more fulfilled, I see very little equation of how that leads to a worse world for any of us. Yeah, it's like changing perspective even just for a second. I like that a lot. Okay, so you don't do this alone. You mentioned your partner. Is it just the two of you? You and Gord? Yeah, so it's, Gord. it started as Gordon and I. Okay. Um, but no, it's there's dozens of people that help out okay. um, in varying different degrees okay. that have helped come in shooting really cool photos for us or taking videos for us um, mm-hmm. or helping us organize large groups of people or making sure that people on events... Um, everyone comes home safely or helping us try and figure out the world of social media. Like there's so many different people that have helped come in. Um, and that's a really cool thing. Like I look towards the future and you just see collaboration as this like insanely powerful tool. And we're starting, like we've seen a lot of what you can do with crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, and you see what's happening on online communities like Reddit, um, where these tons of energy is coming in to build things that never would have existed on traditional models. And it's just really powerful. Like what could the future look like if we played with what the current boundaries are? Okay. So with all this really cool shit that you guys are doing, tell me a little bit about your relationship with Gord. Like, are you guys best buds? Do you work really well together? Like it's, it seems from the outside looking in that you guys are in line. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like I've learned more about myself. So for background, I've lived with him, worked with him, hung out with him, traveled with him <laughs> for six years now. Okay. We share grocery bills, we share apartment rent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like without a doubt, like I love that kid more than anything. Like he's he is my best friend and will be for a long time. Um, and it's cool because like when you boil it all down to like the core of it, yeah, we believe the same things. And have and hold up the same values, mm-hmm. um, and that's what makes our relationship work. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many times that you're like, "I want to run away. I'm done with this." Mm-hmm. Just even spending that much time with another human, like you just start to build up little resentments for little tiny things that you don't even actually care about. You're like, <laughs> "You came home, man. You didn't even say hi to me, or like you left this dish on the counter." Like, and you're like, "I don't even care about that. Like, didn't even notice it." Yeah. But there's just this stuff that boils up, and you're just like. And so it's been a really cool process to have somebody who we're both committed to just building a really good relationship together um, and for a long time, right? Like it's taught me a lot about what it means to like actually be committed to something and 
not even go in my head and question running away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also made me very aware of the realness that has to come up and the conversations that have to happen and the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And so like once a week, we'll sit down and we'll just go into the shit that we have with each other mm-hmm. um, and just be like, yeah, like this is how I'm feeling. Like this is the stuff that you're doing that has nothing to do with me, but is still emotionally bugging me <laughs> um, and just kind of play this all cards up. Um, and it's <laughs> made me realize that like there is nothing like if you have the alignment, like if you, if you have misalignment, you're screwed, right? Cause it, <laughs> there's an immovable part that someone would have to change who they are mm-hmm. in order for the relationship to exist. Um, but if there is alignment there, then there's nothing that like strong communication, honesty, transparency, and the right values can't weather through. Yeah. So essentially like what you're saying is like alignment, meaning that you have, that you're aligned with yourself and you're accepting of the other person. Is that what you're saying? So that no matter what you accept who they are, you don't want them to change, but you're just having, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. So there's like, A, it requires an individual to know themselves. Yeah. Right. He has to know himself. He, I have to know myself. Yeah. And then what I value has to align pretty closely with what he values. So for example, like integrity is a really interesting one. Right. Having a really real conversation of like, what does he think integrity is? And what do I think integrity is? Mm -hmm. And do those match? And if they don't match, then all of a sudden, 10 years of me doing something that's really small, but an integrous will add up to him or my character being eroded to him. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, just even the way like the value of like how somebody shows up for somebody, like if he gets frustrated if I don't respond to texts Mm -hmm. and I hold and that gets held against each other for a month you can withstand it for a year you can probably get by five years ten years down the road you're like he doesn't care about me yeah yeah right and so having those conversations about that that. I like that a lot that's really interesting because that's oh man just relationship dynamics I mean you guys I met him earlier you guys have really good vibes and I would imagine and I I know this I believe this to be true that what you put out, you get back. So, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people is kind of maybe your your forte with all of this. Like, it's what you guys are doing and building. For sure. And it's it's been cool because, like, he's gone through some struggles in the last uh, three to five years. I've gone through some crazy stuff in the last three to five years. Yeah. Um, and, like, there's days where I just can't show up. And I can't show up for him in the way that I want to or the way he probably deserves. And yeah. so it's like, if you don't talk about that stuff, all of a sudden, it's like we just build this wall, we make an assumption, and all of a sudden, we have an unwritten agreement with that other person that they're not living up to, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to like if you have those conversations, and I'm like, yo, man, I can't show up today. Like I'm literally going to hide in my own little corner and not do my work because mm-hmm. that's all I can bring to the table. And he's like, cool, I want 10% out of you because that's all you got, right? <laughs> and that willingness for him to stand for me and vice versa, where all of a sudden, it's like there's no part of me that believes no matter what I go through, I'm going through it alone. And it's made me realize that like how much strength there is when you have other people who are sitting there supporting you and like standing behind you mm-hmm. and want you to win for no other reason than they want you to win. Right? And recognizing that those people are there. Yeah. Some like that's that's like step one too is like recognizing that there is people there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been it's been powerful. It's taught me a lot about like the individualistic mindset that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I struggle with that. Like I grew up, like I had grown up with a narrative that like, if you want it done right, do it yourself. 
right? And I was generally intellectually smart enough that in university doing projects, I would jump in and I would just do it. Yeah. Um, and that taught me that like early on, I'm like, no, like I need to control things a lot more than I needed to. Um, and having someone that I could trust where it's like, you'd kind of let go of things and all of a sudden somebody else was actually allowed to engage in that project made me realize how many times I had like shut off connection from people because I had this narrative in my head that was like, no, I need to do this. Otherwise it's going to mess up. Mm -hmm. Right. And the more you kind of, the more I realized you let people in, like you can build things that are so much bigger than yourself. But that requires you to let go a lot of the ego required mm -hmm. to build things, right? And so going through that process is only something I would have learned, like having somebody that was willing to sit through the turbulent times as I learned that mm -hmm. um, and just be like, cool, man, you're like, you'll figure it out. Like I'm not going anywhere, right? And if it's taught me like the importance of like a depth of a relationship where like if I have a really shitty day and I do something shitty, I'm not sitting there being like, oh my God, is he going to run away now? Right. Like mm -hmm. we're going to have a conversation about it and we're going to work through it. But you're not sitting there being like, is like, is that yes or no? And it's just done. Right. Wow. Yeah. That it, the, just having that awareness to be able to make those connections is, ah, I love that. It's very cool. Yeah. Okay. I do want to ask you, this might be another loaded question, but. For people that are just, I, uh, let me let me rephrase this. For people that want change, but they're afraid, um, or for people that are recognizing that they're living in the Groundhog Day, like just the same day over and over and over again. What is your biggest piece of advice to make the first step to change that? Yeah, it's super cool. Like, there isn't one way to do it, right? For some people, small incremental change allows them to grow. For other people, it's like, let's blow up my entire structure and go and rebuild something new. Yeah. Um, but I think change really starts with, like, in your brain, understanding that in most cases, you're the reason why you're not changing, right? And just being that belief of, like, if I let myself be allowed to change, I can change. Right? Like, and you think about it, we can jump behind closed doors and make any change we want and the rest of the world doesn't know. But when you ask, why are we not willing to, it's like, it's scary. It's afraid. Right. And that's you confronting yourself because you're behind closed doors. Nobody knows. Um, and so I think coming to terms with the fact that it's generally us and our own thoughts that are actually stopping us from wanting to change and that that is just going to be an uncomfortable part of the process um, when you can really just internalize that and be like, cool, like I no longer expect this to be easy. I no longer expect this to feel good. Um, and you can give yourself like a future piece that you look forward to. And so for me, like I always go back to like, what does 80 year old want me to have done here? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's generally never stay in that same position, mm -hmm. right? Like he's always like, dude, get the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, and always anchoring really hard to that in the moments when you're like, no, this is too tough. Um, is the really powerful piece. Yeah, like, this too shall pass. It all does, right? Like, yeah. we all go through the same journey, and um, I think it helps a lot if you're fortunate enough to have people around you support you to it. Yeah. Um, right? But that's not always the case. Like, some people don't have that, or some people don't have people that they're close enough with that can sit there and be like, I'm down to let you just 
change and I'm down to support you and I don't care what you need, I'm here. Um, but there's a really cool quote by Mel Robbins and it basically goes like, you say you fear change, but your lack of change is why you feel stuck. Say right. that again. Say that again. So I quote something along the lines of like, you say you fear change, but it's actually the lack of change in your life that's making you feel stuck. Yeah. Right? And it's this like really interesting thing it's where so you're cool. like, we actually don't hate change. We're just scared of it. Oh, God. We actually want it, right? Like we want new and excitement and like we're wired for new. But new is scary. We're also wired for same. But is new really scary? Only, the- only before you've gotten there. Once oh. you get there, you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> right? And you know what? Sometimes it, sometimes it isn't. But very rarely is change so devastatingly permanent that you can't wiggle your way back into a new space. That is beautiful. I love that. I love that. Um, and on that note, I think, you know, is there anything we're missing? What are we missing? I think it's like, I think the world would just benefit so much. Like individuals would benefit and happiness would benefit from just us having just a lot more real conversations with ourselves and mm-hmm. bringing a lot more love into them, right? Like, like yeah. accepting that just because you're not there yet doesn't make you not enough. Right, mm, like that's so good. Like we're all going through this whole thing for the first and maybe only time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like we're trying to figure out. Like I don't know. Like I don't know how to get married. And it's like that's cool, man. Like you've never been married before, right? <laughs> like you're not expected to know how. Uh huh. Um, some of us maybe have this innate wisdom that we've gone through life and like you just know things, but most of us are figuring this shit out for the first time. Yeah. Um, and so being willing to engage with that and have like a lot of self-compassion both for yourself and for other people going through it, right? Yeah. Like it's so easy to get back on a pedestal and judge Yeah. and just realizing that like most of us are just doing the best we can in that moment. Um, and if we all show up to the plate like that and then open up a little bit vulnerably, you'll realize that we're all just the same human going through the same society through the same time of life. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we all just want the same things. And I think when we get there, that's when it gets fun because that's when we can start to play together. Mm-hmm. And that's when we can start to do things that right now our brains are like, no, you can't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like a world like that is where the fun really starts. Ah, play together. So fun. I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you for, for having me. I'm thanks stoked. for having me in your house. And this is so cool. I'm so glad that I got to meet you anytime you want to fly to vancouver (laughs) you got a place all right next time if you ever come to ottawa um you can uh we can do another one of these uh do some do some puzzles would love it would love it okay well thank you all right thank you oh my gosh isn't he just so great (laughs) if you want to learn more about chasing sunrise you can follow them on the gram at at chasing sunrise or check out their website at c-h-a-s-i-n-g S-U-N-R-I dot S-E. You can also follow Julian at at DShoots or myself at at Elisa Curry Lewis. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or at alisaunfolded.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a lovely day. Until next time.